Father, this morning we just come to you. Lord, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. What you begin, you finish. Somebody today, somebody today, somewhere, I pray a journey of faith will begin. The journey to liberty. The liberty not of a slave, but the liberty of a son and a daughter. I pray will begin today. Oh, Father, touch. Touch ears that we may hear. Touch eyes that we may see. Touch minds that we may understand. Touch hearts that we may believe. Touch our feet that we may walk with you. For that is the purpose of redemption, that man may again walk with God. The walk that stopped because of sin, but through redemption was granted again to man to walk with God. Touch us, Lord. Touch us today. Let nobody be complacent. Like we take our freedom for granted. And we see a nation very close to us, Afghanistan, people dying still for their freedom. Never known what freedom is. And we take our freedom for granted. Oh, Father, help us not to take anything in life granted. Our spiritual liberty was paid by the blood of your own son. Eternal life was paid by the blood of your own son. The freedom we enjoyed in this nation was paid with lives by others. So today, let no one ever be complacent, especially during the hearing of the word. For it is the hearing of the word alone that brings faith. And it is by faith alone we can enter into the kingdom. And it is by faith alone we can please our Father. And it is by faith alone we can overcome. So Father, I pray, help us to be steadfast, to gird up the loins of our mind, be sober in the house of God. Help us, Lord, help us. Bind every spirit of distraction, bleed the blood of Jesus over this place, and I command every spirit that is not of you to leave this place. For we ask all this in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. My volume may be low, so Sammy, just keep raising it because physically I am tired. But spiritually on a roll. Title of today's message is Stand in Liberty. Galatians 5.1 is Paul's Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What happened to our country? Or something similar. We were set free at the stroke of midnight. But over the years, what we saw is our freedoms being taken away. Freedoms. Little by little by little by little. No? New laws. Corrupt people at the helm. And our freedoms being taken away. Now Christ set us free. 
Christ set us free. And the Bible says, stand therefore fast, fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The devil hates God's people and the liberty which we have. He hates it. Because he's a slave to his own passions, to evil. He wants to bring us back to the yoke of slavery, that bondage from which God set us free. So God's word says, stand firm, stand steadfast, stand fast in that liberty. And remember, there is only one way to liberty. It is through Christ. He's the only way. There's no other way. You cannot have liberty, freedom, true, genuine liberty in the body, in the soul, in the spirit, other than through Christ. But how does it actually come to pass? Second Corinthians 3.17, the word of God says, Not the Lord, the one who gives us freedom, or through whom we experience that freedom, is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, It's a liberty that comes from the word. But it's a liberty that comes from the word through the spirit. And much of our issues, like if I wish you would go back and listen when you have time to yesterday's. Let me move it so nobody has to crane their neck to see me. It's good to have your eyes on the speaker. Not that, this. <laughs> okay. Uh, to go back and listen. Because much of our problem is not with the word especially of people who read the word, because even I know you young ones, I know you have your standard format of doing your devotions, which is fantastic. Learn these things early. But it, so much of our problems is not with this, which we dutifully read. Much of our problem is with hearing. Bible doesn't say faith comes from the word of God. It does not say. It says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. That hearing part is the part which the Holy Spirit who speaks to us. That's why we talk about a preparation for the word of God. Come prepared. Let there be silence in our souls. Be still before God. Because even as I'm teaching, somewhere through the message or often through the message, you will hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is for you. This is for you. Whether it's a word of correction, encouragement, strength, direction, whatever it is, the spirit has to speak. And when he speaks, you latch on to it, faith comes. And faith gives you access to the power of God. God will never ask you to do one thing in life which he does not supply the provision to do. That is God. That's how you know it is God. You will never ever in life be asked to do by God anything. And then say, do it in your own strength. No. If he tells you something and you hear it, faith, then faith accesses grace. His power will come in. Your power, his power will come in. So we have to learn both. So keep that as fundamental. So today, we are looking at faith. No, we are looking at liberty. The liberty that comes only through faith. And the devil is a thief. It's a thief. The thief comes to steal. What does he want to steal from us? The first thing he wants to steal from is our liberty. And the liberty is gone, your peace is gone. He wants to steal that, that peace, not the peace we are talking about in the world. Our peace with God. The world doesn't understand it. So you cannot miss what you don't know. 
we who know god we who have come to that peace of god when that goes we are very much aware and you can't fool around with it until you make peace with god again and when you lose your peace you lose your liberty you may have everything in your house you have three meals a day or more if you want to spare all the money in the world you have everything under control but you have no peace and you have lost your liberty that was david and god had to come confront him and it was put right and peace is restored so please understand peace is connected with liberty it's connected with liberty and the devil is a thief is a thief he comes to steal and we looked at and that's why i'm not going into yesterday's message but i want you to go back and all you english people who understand a bit little bit of telugu that was meant to be humor all our english speaking gultis as pastor vijay says okay hmm okay english speaking telugu you would understand in both languages okay please go listen the devil comes to steal god comes to give life how does he steal he steals by his lies god's word is truth and the truth sets you free the word of god says you shall know the truth you shall abide in the truth and the truth shall set you free and whom the son sets free is free indeed god's truth liberates you and what did the devil do he brings light he brings his lies okay and we saw um, yesterday i didn't teach in the english services right the six stages of how he okay okay i'm not going to teach it go back and do your homework you don't expect the teacher to do your home i talked to the nepali church and yesterday i gave it in brief to them just in the beginning he causes first doubt about the word of god stage 1 is doubt did god say he causes doubt doubt goes to unbelief unbelief goes to sin disobedience disobedience goes to separation separation goes to death death goes to destruction stage 6 is destruction and it is uh, at the last but final stage last, at the stage of death the prodigal son comes back before he is destroyed to so the word of god says the father said my son is dead and he comes back okay so don't play till death don't gamble with your life don't wait to go there and say you know what okay pastor taught a new things i can go till death don't gamble don't walk on the knife's edge like eskimo dust with a wolf you will choke in your own blood okay don't walk on it okay so john 8 and verse 44 tells about the devil now don't worry about this this is what we were all before now no longer you are of your father the devil i know it sounds hostile but jesus always speaks the truth and sometimes truth is unpalatable just swallow it he never lies he will not lie to you god is not a man that he should lie and that's how you should read your bible you know what this is god's word he will never lie never lie and he looks straight in the face of the people who knew the entire old testament by heart they knew none of us know our old testament by heart none of us know not even pastor vijay right he may know lots of it but not all of it these guys knew it that's what they were taught right from childhood and looked straight into their eyes and said you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do he was a murderer from the beginning he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he wants to kill 
and to destroy. But he cannot just come and kill. How does he do it? With lies. He will not kill. He will cause God to kill you. God, life and death is in God's hands. God is the one who destroys. Okay. So what does he cause? He allows you to believe a lie, walk in a lie, and you come to that point where finally God says, enough, I shall destroy. That's how you see in Genesis 6 verse 13, he says, I'm going to destroy all flesh. So he will set us up. And his most powerful weapon is lies. And when the Bible says the whole world is under the power of the wicked one, how does he control the whole world? Through lies. All the media, everything you hear and see is built on a lie. Mixed with truth. Not all of it is lie, but mixed with truth. But it doesn't matter. Truth can only stand alone. If you mix a lie with it, its nature changes. Nature changes. So that's why we said don't waste your time watching, reading all the junk. Stick to your studies and read your Bible. What you need to know, just skip through the headlines and go. Because it's lies. And you cannot walk in an atmosphere of lies and expect to be true. Okay. Expect to be true. The spirit of the air, as he is called, he controls minds of men. Whoever controls your mind, controls your body. He controls the minds of people through lies. And when lies come in, that will cause doubt and go to the end where destruction happens. He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of lies. So understand that. Now give, let me give you the joke. I like that one. So I'm little sticks. I mean, not too much. Okay. A guy sees a sign in the front of a house. Talking dog for sale. Why is it booming, Sammy? He rings the bell and the owner tells him the dog is in the backyard. And the guy goes in the backyard and sees a black dog just sitting there. You talk, he asks. Yup, the dog replies. Oh, so what's your story? The dog looks up and says, well, I discovered my gift of talking pretty young and I wanted to help the government. So I told the CIA about my gift. And in no time, they had me jetting from country to country, sitting in rooms with spies and world leaders, because no one figured a dog could hear and understand. I was one of the most valuable spies eight years running. But the jet setting around really tired me out, and I knew I wasn't getting any younger, and I wanted to settle down. So I signed up for a job at the airport to do some undercover security work, mostly wandering near suspicious characters and listening in. I uncovered some incredible dealings there and was awarded a batch of medals. Had a wife, a mess of puppies. Now I am just retired. The guy was amazed. He goes back and asks the owner what he wants for the dog. The owner said, $10. The guy says, what? This dog is amazing. Why on the earth are you selling him so cheap? The owner replies, He's a big liar. He didn't do any of that stuff. You can't believe a word he says. Are you getting the picture? God is saying, if you lie, you're worth nothing in the kingdom of God. So the antidote to lie, the antidote to lie, 
Okay, that is the venom of the serpent. Ancient serpent is lies. And the antidote to lie is truth. And in John chapter 17 and verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Cleanse them. From what? The lies of the devil. The lies of this world. Saturated we are in the world, but we are not of it. And the only way we can be in the world and be not of it is by constantly cleansed by the word of God. Because the word of God is truth. There's only one antidote to lie. What is that? It is truth. Okay? What is truth? His word is truth. Okay, his word is truth. So when the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God, we need to understand it means much more than we really, really understand. If you do not have words, okay, if you do not, Sammy, the sound is going. If you do not have words, you do not have language to process. You do not have language to process. You may see. But you don't understand. You don't. You may see, but you don't understand anything. We have one small baby in our midst. The other baby is at home. We have um, uh, Raj and Apu's little one and Tabitha and Roshan's little one. Okay. If you look at them, they will look at you, look at all of you, look all around. They understand nothing. Nothing registers in their mind. Their mind is blank. You know why? Because there's no language. There's no language. It's no language. If you have to start understanding something, you need words. That's why the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word is God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So in so many ways, Jesus is the walking, talking, living language of God. You want to understand God? Look at him. Read his word, listen to his spirit, and observe. That's how you understand who God is. So the kingdom of God and this world, both are composed of words, which gives us meaning. That's why words are powerful. That's why the ancients used to say the pen is mightier than the sword. Taliban is sweeping over Afghanistan. Does anybody see the leader of Taliban? No. You don't have to see him. His words is motivating them all. He doesn't pick a sword. He doesn't pick a rifle. He doesn't. You know how small Napoleon was? Shorter than me. He shook Europe because of his words. Good or bad. The power of words. But the greatest person who ever walked on earth and shook and changed the world completely was Jesus. And he never recorded any of his words. He never wrote. The only time recorded wrote was on the ground. We don't know what he wrote. But those who recorded what he wrote through the Spirit, and that has changed the world completely. The power of words, and the power of God's word. So the world holds people captive through words. And God liberates people through the word. We're talking, say it has the word, not words. All the words together has the word. Okay, so that's why we have to be very, very careful. Very, very careful when you listen to the word of God and when you, it's booming, okay? I can hear from here. Is it disturbing you? Okay. In John chapter 8 and verse 35, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. 
Our whole idea, liberty, real liberty, live freedom is not to walk in and walk out of God's house. Meaning, experience the Holy Spirit now and then. See, he's inside. He's inside. But we are not experiencing all the time. But that is not how Jesus lived on earth. He experienced the Spirit of God in him all the time. He was the first son of God who experienced God on earth in the flesh all the time. And that is the freedom to which God is calling us. And another man towards the end of his life we will see is Paul who moved in that liberty, in that freedom. But you cannot become a son for become you have experienced freedom until you become a son. First you have to become a son. Then only you will start. Like we said yesterday, the entire progress is from John 1.12. As many as who received him, he gave them the liberty, the authority, sorry, to become the sons of God, that is babies, to Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the sons, uh, spirit of God are the sons, mature children of God. This is a journey of, I don't know where we all have reached, but we are all on this journey and we should be in this journey. Therefore, when God talks about liberty and when God teaches about freedom, listen carefully like yesterday we were talking about the final words of a man. Not all men. Okay, all men. Not all men, but many men in the Bible matters. Because that's the sum total of their human experience, what they have learned of God or of experience. So in uh, Genesis 49 and verse 2, Israel will say, Jacob will say, O sons of Israel, come, gather, listen to what your father has to say. And it's unbelievably prophetic words. That is a sum total of Jacob's life and his blessings over his children. And Moses, the one who wrote the first five book, five books through the Holy Spirit, at the end of his life in Deuteronomy 32, he will speak the sum total of what God has done in him, through him, and for Israel. He will say, hear, O heaven, hear, O earth. Okay. And even if you are a rogue on earth and never walked with God, no, took it for granted. When you go down to hell, there is one word recorded, I thirst. So listen to what that man says very carefully if you are religious. Those words mean, because those are the last recorded words of that man, not on earth, in hell. I thirst, please, my brothers up there, could you please send Lazarus? And most Abraham says, they have the prophets and the law, and if that won't change them, even if somebody were to rise from the dead, still not change. So these words are important. So as God's children, his children, born again children, the most important words Jesus uttered begins in John chapter 13. We don't have to go there right now. 31 and all the way to 17, the end of 31, Judas leaves. And then God speaks to the 11 and he gives them the core part of how liberty will come. Those words are very, very important. Very, very important. Okay, So go back and meditate upon words every Every word Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Very important words. 13, 31 to 17, 26. Okay. Today we will look at four verses from there and continue. John chapter 16. 
I still have many things to say to you. Meaning, three and a half years he's been teaching them day and night, walking and teaching, sitting and teaching, sleeping, lying around with them and teaching. And he says, you know what? I haven't even taught you most of the stuff. The really, really important stuff I haven't taught you. So many things. But you cannot bear them. Now, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Yeah, that's it. So, he brings the Spirit of God over here. And our major issue, I told you, it's not with the Father. It's not with the Son. It is with the Holy Spirit. And we forget the Holy Spirit is a person equal to the Father and the Son. Though we call him the third person of the Trinity, that doesn't mean he's third. It's only in the Trinity our math doesn't work. In Trinity, one plus one plus one is still one. Hero of Israel, the Lord thy God is one. The Father is one, the Son is one, the Holy Spirit is one. Mutually, they submit to each other. But because we say he is the third person of the Trinity, he is not third. He is still one. Equal to the Father and equal to the Son. And we make our biggest mistakes because we don't listen to the Spirit who is the one who is sent now to represent the Father and the Son. Without the Spirit, you will not know the Son, and without the Son, you will not reach the Father. If Jesus is the way to the Father, the Holy Spirit is the guide. You cannot go on that way without the Spirit. You have a choice. You want a map or you want a guide. And everybody who went by the map lost their way. Everybody who walked with the guide reached their destination. The Old Testament, they had a map and they all lost their way. Even Moses could not enter the promised land. The new covenant, it is different. We have been given a spirit who is in us, with us forever. Listen to him is what the cry from heaven is. So he's a personal God. He, verse 13 says he. It's not a neuter gender in Greek. It is he. It's not a she. It's a he. And verse 14 and 15 Everything that is the Father's is mine, says Jesus. And everything that is mine, the Holy Spirit will make known to you. What does it mean? It means the Father's wealth belongs to the Son and the Holy Spirit is the custodian of the wealth. The custodian of the wealth. He holds it. He is the custodian. Let me explain to you so that you will, I mean, those who are in finished University will understand that. If you go to a university, the head of the university is a vice chancellor. Vice chancellor. But you want anything done, you need to go to the registrar. That guy holds the key. Your certificates, every marks memo, everything comes from the registrar's office, not from the VC. But the head is VC. The registrar is the, the custodian of all your records. Anything you want from the University, you write to the registrar, not to the VC. 
And the Holy Spirit is somebody like that. He is the custodian of the wealth of God, which belongs to the Son. And you know what? In Genesis 24 and verse 10, the Bible gives a picture. Abraham the father, Isaac the son, Rebekah is being looked being searched out for and Eliezer the chief servant the servant took 10 10 is the number of God of completion 10 of his master's camels and department for all his master's goods were in his hands his hands everything God has committed in the hands of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus comes and says, you know what? I will send somebody. He is a person. He will be in you. He will be with you forever. Listen to him. He will teach you. And you know what? Everything the Father has is mine. And everything that is mine is in his hands. And he will give it to you as you need it. As you walk along with him. That's why Jesus is telling my grace is sufficient for you. Because grace is the spirit of grace. It is given by the Holy Spirit. And we mess with the Holy Spirit. We will live as beggars and die as beggars, though our bank account is full. I'm talking about being spiritual beggars. So you need to realize God had planned out everything before. Everything. This is the incredible wisdom of God. So when you sit here, you should be absolutely calm in the house of God. If you're a child of God, you should learn to be still and address in the house of God, outside also. Because everything was planned out by our Father. That's why Jesus took a little child and says, to enter the kingdom of God, you should be like this. Now let me, I'm leaving the mothers out. Let me ask the children over here. Do you worry about your food? No. Why don't you worry about your food? Because your parents take care of it. You may worry about your studies. That is if you worry. <laughs> Indian parents worry more about the children's studies than the children themselves. Okay. And Jesus said that's the way it is. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 to 6. I didn't give it to you? Are you sure? Okay. Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 6. Look at him. Just as he chose us in Christ, in him, before the foundation of the world. (laughs) Not before your birth. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy, without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoption. As what? As sons. We were adopted as sons so to live with him forever in liberty, in freedom. Before the foundation of the world. By Christ to himself, according to the good will and pleasure of his will. And verse 6, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. All, everything is over as far as God is concerned. He said, would you be just still and work it out? Allow my spirit to work it out through you. Chill, relax. If God was a modern English speaker, would have written, be chill. Instead of still. Just chill. Okay. I got it. You just need to listen to my spirit and walk through the word. He will guide you. There's a map and there is a guide. He will take you through it. Just listen to him. So today we will look at freedom, liberty, primarily in one area. Isaiah 53, one of the most most important sections in the Old Testament. Who has believed our report? Have you? Depends on this. Who has believed our report? 
And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Talking about Jesus. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. We did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression, was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. The most important verses in the entire Old Testament. You take these verses out, Isaiah 53 out, the Old Testament doesn't have any meaning. Take Isaiah 53 out. The entire Old Testament hangs on Isaiah 53 about Christ, what he will come, what he will do, and how the redemption of man takes place. Okay? The first thing God does we start at the beginning. God does not start at the beginning. He starts at the end. What is the end of every man and woman, child sitting here? Death. So God goes to the end and starts from there. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. So let us also go to the end, because we are all afraid of the end. And again, yeah, I will... Are you sure? Yes, yeah. We look at just verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil. What did Jesus do? He set us free from death. You don't have to fear about death anymore. And honestly telling you, especially in today's climate, no, COVID, alpha, COVID, no. They'll come. We have reached only Delta so far. Next one will come. In this atmosphere, you need to realize the end of all these diseases is death. And we don't even have to worry about death because death has been taken care of. You have to start your day that way. Okay, the Old Testament people said, I shall not live, I shall, I shall not die, but live. We don't even say that I shall not die, period. Look at John chapter 11. Yeah, sorry, Hebrews, Hebrews, the next verse. That's it, yeah. Can we have it fast? On the side, look at the side. Have I given it on the side? In that paper? If I given in the side, certain verses I have given in a line. Haven't I given it? No, 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 no. You're getting it wrong. Uh, John chapter 11, 25 and 26. It's there, right? Yeah, not Hebrews. Uh, John chapter 11. 25 and 20. Listen to this and keep saying this to yourself. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Take her and say it said to me. It's her doesn't matter. Then it becomes third person and all. You always have to personalize scripture. Jesus said to me, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Never die. Do you believe this? I told you, Jesus never tells a lie. When he fell asleep last night, you woke up this morning. You didn't die. Death is better than that. I went to sleep, I don't know what time. I fell asleep and I woke up at 3 in the morning. So I must have slept for 5 hours or something. Okay? So I 
Five hours, I was not aware of anything. Death is not like that. You close your eyes here, you open it there. It's not, it's not even like sleep. The only comparison we can give, that's why they fall asleep in Christ. God says you don't even worry about death. Are you my child? You close your eyes here, you open there. You don't even sleep. It's, it's not even like sleep. Even people are scared of sleeping. When you're afraid of death, you will hold. And children don't want to sleep. Especially if it is vacation. God says, you know what death is? You close your eyes, you open. Absent in the body, present with the Lord. He says, can you just stop worrying about death? The problem is if you worry about death, you will worry yourself to death. Stop worrying. Why? This is what he did on the cross. He took death upon himself, conquered death through death. And what did he release into our lives? Life. What he have received is eternal life. That life cannot be cut down by death. Death has no power over that life. It's over. We are eternally alive. We cannot die. Do you believe this? That's the thing. Then you go to Isaiah 53 and verse 3. He is despised and rejected by men. And most mankind's much of the problem is rejection. And everything most people do is to be accepted. Some of you wear masks just to be accepted. Because when you go there, everybody is wearing masks. They give you this look and you put it on. Everything is for social acceptance. Man, from the time he was thrown out of the garden, has been doing things and things and things to be accepted. God says, you don't have to worry. We looked at it, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. You have been accepted in the beloved. You've been accepted. Already before the foundation. Meaning you will never ever have to perform before God for acceptance. He may ask you to do things for your appraisal in heaven. But never for acceptance. Once a son, once a daughter, you are a son or a daughter forever. He may spank you. He may commend you. But he will say, you need to do this so that I accept you. He says, you are always accepted. So stop performing. The world is built on performing to acceptance. And God says, no, you're already accepted. Second thing, verse 4 of uh, Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs and our sorrows. Griefs and sorrows. We have so many griefs, so many sorrows. But if you look at a normal human being anywhere in the world, much of the grief in this world, even during these COVID times, can be handled if you have money. See, the rich, the very rich did not worry about COVID. They took their private planes and went to islands where there was no COVID. They created their own bubble and they stayed there. That's why you did not hear about one rich person dying because of COVID. They created their own bubble. So almost many of life's troubles can be. only thing you cannot buy is you cannot buy eternal life with money. Most of the things temporarily can be handled with wealth. Okay, so much of man's problems is because of the poverty that has come because of sin. Man was not made poor. He was made more than enough. Okay, poverty. You know what God does in Christ? Yeah, can we have that? 
Second Corinthians. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now don't get about idea about reading this and millionaire. That's not what God is talking about. God's children are blessed to be a blessing. See, if you do not have, you cannot give. You should think like that. That's the way you need to. Lord, make me a blessing. That's the whole thing. Lord, bless me. No, that's the cry of the Gentile. Lord, make me a blessing. You know why? We have the only set of people who really have the power to bless. And giving is a part of blessing. Giving is a part of blessing. And God made us rich in Christ. Okay, Rich in Christ. I, I like, like sometimes, you know, when we tell pastors also, it's new Things for them. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. Let him who stole, steal no longer. But rather let him labor. He said, stop. Be like your father, the devil. He's a thief. Now you are my child. Stop stealing. Start working. Why? Why should you work? Working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give him who has need. We don't work like the world. The world works so that it can have. We work so that we can give. We have. Our Father has already given us everything what we need before the foundation of the world. We don't work to have. We work to give. You have to fundamentally change the way you think. Because as a man thinketh, so you see. We are not working to make money. We are working to make money to give money. Or whatever God wants us to give through us. You have to change the way you think. So we are not poor in Christ. We are rich in Christ. So much of the grief and the sorrows of life can be taken off if you realize what God has done. Psalm 23 and verse 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What does it say? It says, you know what? My provision will come in whatever situation I am living in. I might be in the most hostile situation all around of enemies, a siege where nothing is coming into me, but my God will bring my provision. Ask Elijah. When in chariots did food come? He says. When you were in Zarephath under Jezebel's father's nose, did food come? He says, yes. He says, I had no issues with supply because my father prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And when he blesses me, what does he do? My cup runs over. Why should my cup run over? So that others can drink. Otherwise it is waste. My life runs over. I should be a blessing in whatever God has blessed me so that I have always more than enough to give. Whatever it is you're blessed with. Everybody is not blessed with the same things. But you have to be a blessing and for that you are blessed. Understand, Genesis chapter 49 and verse 22, the blessing over Joseph, the faithful son. Uh, 22, 22. Okay, 22. Joseph is a fruitful, he's a blessing. Joseph, he's actually prophetically and literally speaking, you see, of my 12 sons, this boy is the blessing. What kind of a fruitful bough? A fruitful bough by a well. He's forever a blessing. He's caused an eternal source to become a blessing. And what? His branches run over the wall. He was a blessing to his home. He was a blessing to 41st household. He was a blessing in uh, prison. God was not satisfied. He was a blessing to Egypt. Finally, he was a blessing to all nations who came to him. His branches is going across different, different walls. And we need to realize and say, Lord, bless me like Joseph. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. So understand what he did on the cross. Understand what he did on the cross. Second, 
on the cross. If you look at it, physically, literally, physically, Jesus was defeated. He was taken on the cross and he was nailed. Spiritually, no. Physically, yes, he was nailed to the cross. So that we would be victorious. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. And verse 37. In all these things, we are not defeated. We are not. We cannot be defeated. If you are defeated, it is because you thought defeat, believed defeat, and walked in defeat. You cannot be defeated. Remember, we cannot be defeated because of who lives in us. In all the, we talk the language of defeat, we walk the language of defeat, and we live the life of defeat because we don't believe what Christ has done for on the cross. You have to receive each of these things by faith and learn by practice to walk in it. And from bondage to liberty, we saw that. The son, whom the son sets free, is free indeed. He took that slavery upon. He took sin upon the consequences and he set us free. We are not slaves anymore. We are free men and women. And then the fifth one uh, in Isaiah 53. Hush. No. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know what happens? Because of that, he was separated from God. He was separated from God. He lost his peace on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Bible says, we have been reconciled with God. Romans 5 and verse 1. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the next one, Ephesians 2, 17 and 18. He came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near, both Jews and Gentiles. For through him, we both have access by one spirit. Remember, all these things are possible only by the Holy Spirit. That is why you have to listen to his voice and not listen to the voice of your flesh, the voice of the world. And ultimately, I see a 53 verse 5, by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. You know how it is put in the New Testament in First Peter chapter 2 and 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah, you are. New covenant, you were. You were. Not you will be. You were. You were healed. You were healed. See, one word makes a whole lot of difference in meaning. You were healed. So you look at all this, God's solution, God's solution for man's fall, all pre-planned. He knew which way man would go. What's the cross? What's the cross? And the son's redemption and how we receive that redemption. Look at God's solution. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. So he was cursed for us. And what was released? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through the faith. Who is the custodian of God's wealth? That's our blessing. He gave us the registrar. 
Imagine the registrar is your father and you got an issue in the university. Who will stop you? People apply for provisional and original and wait and wait, go from clerk to clerk, desk to desk. Register one call. The custodian. <laughs> the custodian. Are you getting the picture? He is the custodian. He is the arbiter. He is the one who is in charge. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spirit, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you know it? No. How will you know it? Ask the spirit. He's got it. He's got the keys. He's got the list of blessings for each one of us. He's got a list of everybody. So what will happen is when we reach heaven, we'll put our heads in sorrow that much of the list was never asked for. Because we didn't ask the person who had it, what we needed to be victorious in life. But the beginning, we have to go, how do we access this? The beginning is always the most important. John chapter 3 verses 5 to 8. Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless is born of water, that happens to be the word of God, and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot. Okay, you cannot. The apostles walked with Jesus. Jesus, I got so many things to tell you, but you cannot bear it. Why? They are not born again. It is on the day of resurrection evening, he comes, breathes upon them, receive the spirit, they were born again. They were born again. Then on 50 days later, they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they were different men altogether. It was the spirit that changed their life. You have to be born again. Just because you were born into a Christian family, went to church all your life, does not make you a child of God. If you have doubts, go sit for one week in a garage and see if you become a car. A lot of people in churches are not born again. They have been known by the word. They have not been born again by the spirit. God's answer. And when you're born again by the spirit and he gives you the spirit, John 3.34 says, he does not give the spirit by measure. You can have as much as you can handle. Actually, more than you can handle. That's why my cup overflows. Every work Christ does through us is through the Spirit. And if it is the work of Christ, the Spirit is overflowing. He says, rivers of living water shall flow within. It comes out naturally in different, different ways of how we become a blessing. I'm not talking about natural blessing. I'm talking about in the way when spirit uses our natural facilities or material blessings or spiritual blessing to become a blessing. So God's answer to all our problems was his spirit. Born of his spirit, sons and daughters by the word and by the spirit. And then he said, the spirit will guide you. And one who is born of the spirit, actually born of the spirit and is led by the spirit. There is something peculiar about them. That is verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Two things here. One thing, nobody can tell you somebody who is being led by the spirit where he will be next year. Never know. Philip is here one day preaching, next day he's somewhere else. 
having a revival here taken in the spirit preaching to eunuch and then taken to another place meaning a life of a man or a woman who's led by the spirit can never be charted out in a map because it's sovereignly determined by god second that life cannot be stopped you cannot stop the wind it cannot be stopped because the wind increases its power it will break down anything and everything okay everything god says do you know what the life in the spirit is and jesus showed to us they took him to the top of the mountain and killed him he just walked through them they could not kill him simply could not kill him until the hour had come and the hour determined by god you need to realize a life led by the spirit you have no clue where you are going second it is unstoppable the power of god is literally in that person's life his brothers could do anything potiphar's wife joseph could not be destroyed could not be destroyed for god was with him because the spirit of god was with him so believe when you read believe so meditate upon the word listen to the spirit acts 751 do not resist the holy spirit do not resist the holy spirit the problem is if more of the word you know without surrender only brings resistance to the spirit you will use scripture to oppose god like children are there no you told na okay this is he's talking to sanhedrin the 70 you always like your forefathers resist the spirit do not resist the spirit surrender to the word and allow him to lead you don't lie to him acts 53 don't lie you see you can lie to anybody almost anybody and get away with it don't even try lying to the spirit because he knows it before you spoke it he knew it don't lie to the holy spirit 59 don't test the holy spirit 530 efficiency 530 don't grieve these are stages don't grieve the holy spirit yeah 430 and first thessalonians 519 don't grieve you know what it means to grieve grieve the holy spirit then fifth stage quench quench means grieve means he's silent for a season you now when husbands and wife fight you know they turn to backsides and pray to in tongues that is pentecostal husbands and wives when they pray they turn their backs like then each one is interceding without talking to each other <laughs> okay okay all pentecostal husbands and wives are laughing okay you can wake up <laughs> okay meaning you are not talking to each other why because you have grieved each other and then you reconcile and talk again but when you quench he doesn't speak to you for a long long time you really have to coax him back he won't speak you have to go all the way back to get him to speak to you don't quench so listen to the holy spirit acts chapter 1 words to until the day in which he was taken up after resurrection 
he after he threw the holy spirit had meaning jesus never did one thing other than through the holy spirit you read his entire life from birth to death to resurrection to seated on the right hand side of the father coming back teaching everything he does through the holy spirit meaning he is the first born among many we have no other life his life is our model you want to live a life overcoming it's his life how did he live through the spirit through the after the resurrection why for our sake He said, this is how I'm going to live for eternity. And you will all live like this for eternity. Learn from me. Revelation 2, verse 7. Those who have ears, let them hear. Okay? Are you getting it? Sure? Okay. Let's narrow it down to one area of life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 to 20. Do you not know that your body is the spirit of the Holy Spirit? Ah. Is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you? Whom you have from God. And you are not your own. See, our problem is, I told you with the Holy Spirit. Our problem is, we do not give lordship to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we never experience Him. The Holy Spirit knows He owns us. But we won't accept His ownership. We belong to Him. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, not ours, which are God's. Are you getting the picture? Romans 12.1, our response, we know it. Therefore, by the mercies of God, I beseech you, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies every day, a living sacrifice, living sacrifice. Many of you are struggling with the word because you didn't do it this morning. And you didn't prepare yourself last night. I should be the one falling asleep, not you. I had a long, long day. And I was out, and I was up at three in the morning. If you had allowed the Holy Spirit to prepare you, you would be alert. You would be listening for anything, everything He wants you to do. Offer your bodies. In First Thessalonians, if you do, I beseech you, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Who is the one who will do it? Christ, through the Holy Spirit. He will do it. Will you allow him to do it? Will we allow him to do it? So we saw what happened. Romans 5.14 Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. We had from Jamshedpur, somebody, um, Brother Jude asking this question. Even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. So he's asked, what happened after Moses? So death reigned only from Adam to Moses. At Moses' law came. After that, people died according to the law. Till Moses, people died because Adam died, sinned. And after that law came. And after that law came, the rule is James 2.10. If you break one part, you have broken it all, and the wages of sin is death. So before Moses, people died because of Adam's sin. After Moses, people died because we broke every sin. Okay. Are you getting the picture? And then, do you know what it means? It means we were all born under the law. We were all born. I'm not a Jew. Who told you? It doesn't make any difference. When God gave the fundamental principles of his law, it was applicable to everybody. It was applicable to everybody. You cannot say ignorance of the law is no excuse. I did not know. 
Think a guy from Netherlands who smokes pot, flies into Singapore, and in his baggage they find grass. Sir, arrest him. Sir, I did not know. He said, did you check your visa? Yeah, I read entry. You did read, read the small print. As soon as you cross by any way, you can cross into Singapore by air, by road, by train. I think a train is not there. You have to cross by bridge or this thing. They will give you the visa and on it is written. Narcotics, carrying of grass. Narcotics is punishable by death. I did not know. Go before the judge. Let's see whether you get life or death. We are all born under the law. And you know what the law said? Deuteronomy 5, 6 to 9. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me. Idolatry punishable by death. We were all idolaters. And the curses came. What did Jesus do? Romans 5, 15 to 17. God's answer. For the free gift is not like offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more by the grace of God and the gift of grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounds to many. Yes. 16, 17. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Simple. Let me make it simple for you so that you understand it. You know what God's answer was? God's answer was Galatians 3.13. This is God's answer in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yeah. Uh, uh, 3.30, not... uh. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He took all the curses upon himself. You know what he did? You know what 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17 says? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, it's a new creation. See, there's there's only one way God could save us. Chor ka bacha chori hai. Your father is a chore, you are sons of chores. Your father is a liar, you are sons of liars. Your father is a murderer, you are all murderers. So he said, see this transformation, reformation is not going to do. Bloodline itself has to change. There's only one solution. I have to change you all over again by giving you a new birth. No solution. That's what happened on the cross and when we believe. Fatherhood has changed. You have a new father. You are a new creation completely. That is the only solution. It's a new creation. So when you were born again, you became a new creation. The old man is still there, but don't allow him. Don't feed him. Otherwise the curse will work. If you really, really want to know, understand how curse works, read a book called The Kennedy Family. The most cursed family on earth. They were, they were, 
ancestors in England that were thugs. They were criminals. And you see the curse on that family that down to recently, every one of generations have died. Accident, murder, whatever. And they became president also and still was killed. Attorney general still killed. Cursed families. There's no way we can escape the curse unless there is a change of parenthood. It will follow you. And all our ancestors were cursed. And the curses pronounced on them by others too. And religions thrive on curses. Why do people fear religion and the heads of religion? It is not the power of blessing. It's the power of curses. It's the power of curses. They stay under because they are so scared because of the power of curses. And there's no way religion cannot save you. And the only way you can come out is that you have to be born again completely and learn to live in that identity and never go back to the old one. Because when you go back under the old one, you come back under the curse. You should not. You should not. That's what God is trying to tell you. You want liberty? Know who you are in Christ. And acknowledge the Christ in you. And it is only possible through the word and through the spirit. Today we are looking at this. It's a spirit who teaches you these things. Matthew 11. And look at what Jesus does. 11, 28, 29. Come to me all you labor are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Why is this labor and heavy laden? Because the weight of the curse. If the richest man is restless. The weight of the curse. He says come to me. And I will give you rest. How will you give you rest? I will change you completely. You will be a new man. A new person. Completely a new creation. And the second part. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says after that don't go back to your old life. Start fresh with me. Learn from me. I told you everything about Jesus is a person. As many as who received him. Not his teachings. Receive him the person. Nobody else says that. Buddha doesn't say receive me. Muhammad doesn't say receive me. No Hindu God says receive me. Receive my teachings. Jesus does not say about his teachings. He says you can follow my teachings and end up in hell. You have to receive me because I am the life. You have to die to yourself and live my life and allow me to live through you. This is not religion. This is not teaching. This is, he does not say, I will show you the way. He says, I am the way. You walk in me. When are we going to get this? Still trying to follow a religion. Christianity is not a religion. It's a life of God lived on earth in flesh and then into eternity. That's what he is trying to say here. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Who? How will I learn from me? Him. The Holy Spirit. He teaches me. For I am gentle and lowly and meek. What is he trying to tell us? He says, would you stop becoming like a man of flesh? Stress, anxiety, fear, worry. You know what's the number one killer in the world? Look at the number one prescribed medication. It is anxiety, worry. Number one. Number one. Listen to what Jesus says. He told to the Jews they did not understand it because it was told for us. Those who were born again after that, they understood it. Look at what he says. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap or gather into the barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. He says, have you ever known a bird worrying or anxious? No. He says, why? Because that's how I made them. But I gave you a free will. Let your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lily. Okay. And yet I say to you, let's go further. 
Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you have little faith. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, they are under a curse. They have no choice. Their mind is bent towards these things, but not you. Why? For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How can you seek the kingdom of God if you don't listen to the spirit of God? The only way I can seek the kingdom of God is not by my own effort. Everybody in the Old Testament tried and failed. You don't even try it. Listen to my spirit. Listen to his voice. Stay in the word. Listen to my spirit. You walk with him. You are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Without the spirit, we cannot enter. We cannot live. We cannot survive. We cannot move forward and inch in the kingdom without the spirit. Because the entire kingdom of God for us and in us is held together by the spirit of God. Its manifestations are righteousness, peace and joy. Not anxiety, worry and fear. The life in the spirit is not anxiety, worry and fear. It is righteousness, peace and joy. And when you are not walking in that, you need to ask us the spirit. I left you. You didn't leave me. I left you. I left you. I left you. And that's why I told the young people. No, the ones who were there that day. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. The peace of God shall guard your mind. Look at this man lying in chains. That is Philippians 1, 12, 1, 13. I am lying in chains over here. Except with these chains, everything is for the furtherance of the gospel. I am pressing forward for what God... Boy, you are in chains. He says, you know, rejoice in the Lord. Peace of God guarding. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. My God shall supply. Paul, where are you getting all this from? There's one line there. The Lord is near. One night, the Lord. Spirit of God is with me. God is with me. He's right here in the prison with me. Therefore, I can do all these things. These are only temporary restrictions. And he goes on and says, you know what? The gospel has reached Jesus' household. Chains cannot stop it. This is the reality of living in the spirit. And we are wasting our lives when God has given us his spirit. So God says, stop worrying. Stop fearing. Stop being anxious. Another one. We need to be careful. 1 John chapter. What happens? Open doors for things to go. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. This is true. The new born again person in you will never sin. He does not want to sin. If he sins, it's because you don't feed him and you don't listen to the voice of the spirit. And you keep listening to the voice of the other fellow and the other person obeys. God says, stop doing it. My spirit is holy. He will never take that new person into sin. Why? Because sin opens a door. It's an open door. It's an open door. And the only way you can live a sinless life, honestly, is Romans 14.23. It's one way and one way alone to live a sinless life. What is that? 14.23. He who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is. So what does it mean? Whatever is from faith is not sin. 
It's not sin. You want to live a sinless place? God says walk by faith. How do you walk by faith? Faith comes from? Listen to my son. Listen to my voice. Stick to the word. And walk. So whatever Jesus did, did, did not often agree with the culture. But he was walking without sin. It may not agree with the culture. It may not be agreeing with the religion you are born into. It may not agree with a lot of things. But you can walk sinless. And only one way. Standing on the word of God. And listening to the voice of the spirit. And that is the life. That is the life. And next thing. Romans James 4, 7. I'm just putting it together. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Why? Why I'm bringing it together? Because you have the spirit of God and you have the devil. The devil won't directly contend with the spirit of God. He will contend with the spirit of God through your flesh. The flesh flesh contends with the spirit and the spirit with the flesh. The devil wouldn't dare to go against the spirit of God. He went against Jesus only when he came in the flesh. He wouldn't dare to even think about going against God face to face or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So what does he do? He through our flesh makes us contend with the Spirit of God. Okay. So what is the answer? What is God talking about? Submit to God. Submit to God. What does submit to God means? Submit to God means in the, in we are walking in the natural, I can't see God. Submit to God means submit to authority. Submit to authority. God has placed authority over our lives at every sphere. Stay under authority. Venkat, stay under authority. Stay under authority. For Samuel 15.23, for rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. As soon as you breach that, the devil gets power over your life. What is witchcraft? Sorcery? The power of the devil. The power factor of the devil is witchcraft. So he says, stay under authority. And Peter who wrote this will tell us. No. Submit to all authority. In Peter 2.13 and 3.1. Wives, be submit to God. Submit to one another. All is written. Why? Because if you don't submit, you have the nature of the devil who is a rebel and he gets a hold over you. Because authority is like, you have to see authority like an umbrella. Heavy rain and you're walking under Big umbrella. The water is not falling on you. Authority is your covering. The devil has no covering. He is destroyed and will be destroyed completely. Put in the lake of fire. Because he has no covering at all. And one third of the angels who went with him have no covering. But Christ came under covering. And when we are in Christ, God says, stay under covering. Authority is not a bad word in the kingdom of God. Only thing... God says, in the Lord. So God is going to abuse you authorities all around the world. They will have. But he says, submission is not obedience per se. It's not. Acts 4 and verse 19. But Peter and John answer. This is the spiritual authority they have, the Sanhedrin. He's telling them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Whenever an authority tells you, you have to listen to me and not to God. Then you say, I honor you, but I will disobey you. Okay, Because authority comes from God. No man or creature has their authority of their own. Every authority is delegated. And it comes from, flows from father to the son. 
Son has been given all authority. What does the Son say? All authority in heaven and and earth has been given to me. So all have only delegated authority. So the authority lies with God. So when an authority tells you to obey authority, then God, you will say, sorry, I respect your office, but I cannot do it. And if you have to die for it, die for it. Okay? Then what happens? How does the devil get entry? Self-inflicted wounds. Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, putting away lying. I'm just giving you one. Okay, there are a whole list is there. You should read till 31 and further. Okay. Lying is the big, if you will listen to yesterday, you will understand it. Because the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Lying is the trap into which, if you look at uh, Revelation 21, verse 28, the list of people in the lake of fire is there, starting with the fearful, cowardly, unbelieving, sorcerers, warmongers, all are there. The last one is it? All liars. Why is lie put at the end? It is like the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, peace, long-suffering, everything. And the last is self-control. You go take self-control out, everything starts falling off. So self-control holds all this together in the same way. How does the devil hold people in bondage in each of these things is through lies. So if you want your release, you go to this and get out of the lies. You have one the day we look at, you have to deal with the lies in your life. Because that is on which the house of cards is built. The lie, our entire life is built on lies. Some people, their careers are built on lies. Some people, their marriages are built on lies. God is not come to destroy you. God has come to restore you. But you cannot be restored until you go back to where the first lie is and go to God and say, this is a lie. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. Otherwise, you will keep on, keep on building, building, building. One day, the whole thing will fall like a pack of cards. And what is truth? The word of God. Because if you lie or if something is built on a lie, it is built in darkness. The devil has power over it. But when you confess, you bring it out of darkness into the light. What happens is not what man says. The devil has lost power over it because you brought it into the light. That's how we have to do it. And the spirit is the only one who can show this to you. You can read the word of God and never understand the lies in your life because you do not allow the spirit of truth to search your hearts. When the spirit comes, he shall convict. Shall convict. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. John 9. Verses 1 to 3. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born in born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. What are we talking? I told you, we are talking about the body. Remember? I was talking about body. When I came to Corinthians 3.19, I said, your body, today we are looking at the body. What is the major issue with the body today or every day? Is sickness. Sickness. That's why the first thing we said, deal with anxiety, worry, fear, because it will cause sickness in your body. Enter into that rest which God has done. Deal with sin in your life. 
Why? It will cause sickness in your body. Remember the crippled man with the roof broken? What did Jesus say? Your sins are forgiven. The man crippled for 38 years sitting over here, you know, if only he had cried out to God for forgiveness, maybe he would have walked earlier. After he's healed, Jesus comes and says, do not sin again, other something else will happen. So sin is an open door for sickness. Worry, anxiety, fear is an open door for the enemy to attack your body with sickness and sickness will curtail the work of God he has for you and what he wants to do through you. So we are talking about about sickness and how the open doors are. And the third thing we looked at was authority. Rebellion will cause sickness into your body, into your life. Rebellion will. That poor fellow, the prodigal son, rebelled against his father, had a blast and ended up in the pig pen. Before he died of sickness, at least he came to his mind and came back. Because that was rebellion. And the fifth one we said is self-inflicted. We lie, we get angry, we use filthy language, the whole list that we steal. This is all in Ephesians chapter for a whole lot of things which says you give hold, 427, to the to the devil. The devil comes in. You gave him an open door and he comes in. He's waiting, he's willing to come without an invitation. What happens when you invite him? And the sixth one we need to understand here is that uh, from John, all sicknesses may not be any of this thing. Some sicknesses are in your body so that God can receive glory. In a church meeting, somebody comes and in the name of Jesus, you are healed and glory comes to God. So you are a glory bearer for a season. For a season. And that touches your life, touches others' life, and God gets glory. Not all sicknesses. Not all sicknesses. Twice it is mentioned. John chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. Now a certain man was sick. Uh, Lazarus of Bethany town. Okay, it was Mary who anointed. Okay, come further down. Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, whom you who love is sick. And Jesus heard that and said, the sicknesses are not unto death, but for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Some sicknesses may be specifically designed by God for the glory of God. Remember the man who was sitting there at the gate called Beautiful? He was crippled for birth and he was an old man. He was not a young man. But Jesus walked and his disciples walked through for three and a half years. They never really healed him. Why? Because he was kept for a particular day. His healing was that turned Jerusalem upside down. Not the saving of 3,000. 3,000 were saved. People were okay. Nobody said anything about it. One religion to another religion. But when the miracle took place and everybody started flocking in the name of Jesus, Jerusalem went upside down. But he was kept for the glory of God. So you need to realize if you have a sickness and none of these other reasons, you may say, Lord, okay, you have a time. It's for your glory. Somewhere somebody's life is going to be changed and you're going to receive glory through this, but I will be healed. And then if you look at the seventh one, if you go, Jesus heard that and said, this sickness is not unto death. What does it mean? That means there is a sickness unto death. There will be some, sometimes God will say, child, time to go home. You fall sick. And you go home. And don't have to worry about it. Psalm 616 and verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Okay. When Elisha died, he was full of the anointing. When he died of his sickness, time to go home. Bones also was anointed. 
A dead man came to life. You see, because it was sickness unto death. A dead man could come back to life, but the righteous man had to die. Why? To sickness unto death. And precious in the soul. You have to look, because you have to look, and ultimately, you have to look into the word of God, and the spirit of God, and always say, God is good. He's always good to his children. He's always good. Philippians 4.4. Did I give it to you? No? Okay, leave it there. Leave it there. If I didn't give it to you, leave it there. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I will say rejoice. Why? Why should I rejoice? I don't feel like rejoicing. Proverbs 17.22. Got it? A merry heart does good like medicines. Don't walk around with this, you know. Big faces like flower vases, long. If you want to keep your face big, then open your mouth and put some flowers in it. If you can't smile, at least let them look at the flowers. Don't. Honestly, I mean, especially parents and this thing, your dining table should be a time of fun. Not serious talk time. It's fun, especially if you have children. Have fun. I think Siri writes in her exercise, in her teacher's notebook, grandfather is a joker. <laughs> That's all she knows at the dining table. <laughs> okay. Okay. You should have fun. And a merry heart is good medicine. Who cannot have joy other than us? Past is taken care of. Present is taken of. Future is taken. Eternity is taken care of. Why are you upset on my soul? Please understand who we are. We are a new creation, not old. A new creation is being prepared for a bunch of people like us. A new entire, God is changing the heaven, changing the earth, and a new Jerusalem. Everything for us, not for the angels. Not for the angels, the ones who stood with him. Two-thirds of the angels, billions of them. He's doing nothing for them. He's doing nothing for them. Everything is being done for us. That's what Revelation 21 says. I saw a new heaven and new earth and a new city. For whom? My children, sons and my daughters. Angel says, yes sir, yes sir, they are coming. Our rulers are coming. So all of creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. And they know we are not really sons because one day in, one day out. Slaves, sons, slaves, sons, slaves, sons. They're looking for sons. And when they looked over there during 2000 years, oh, that's a son. Pakka son. Who, Paul? That is a son. They knew this man was his son. Walking in the liberty of the Holy Spirit. Honestly ask ourselves, 24 hours of a day, can an angel observe our life and say, this is a true son. He abides in me. Abides in the spirit. Can he say? He abides in the house. Can he say? That's why they are groaning. Who's making them groan? We. We are making creation groan because they cannot make out who is the son and who is the slave. Everyone looks a slave. We should challenge them and say, at least the angel that is assigned to you said, hallelujah, hallelujah, I got a son, you got a slave. <laughs> Imagine, right? Peter's angel looks at some angel of ayah. I pity you. And Peter's angel tells some angel, I shall pray for you. <laughs> that your word changes faster. 
I wonder what their conversations are about us. They will be careful because God will say, shh, my child. Do your job. Keep your mouth shut. You haven't seen the end from the beginning. I have. Angels say, yes, sir. We haven't seen. You have. They haven't seen. Understand, they haven't seen. Okay, they haven't seen. So ask the Holy Spirit. Honestly, ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, you made me a new creation. Give me new desires. New desires. Change my desires. Would you please change my desires? Would you change my desires, Lord? Please change my desires. I can't do this. This is not possible. If this was possible, then Moses, Abraham, all would have changed their desires. The father of believer, without the spirit, couldn't. Sarah, you are beautiful. Please tell everybody you are my sister. When you are 75. Now he's 99. He doesn't tell Sarah. He tells she's my sister. Has he become better or worse? Now he is the liar. He tells Abimelech, that's my sister. You read carefully the Bible. Second time, he doesn't tell Sarah to tell anything. He himself says she's my sister. And she's pregnant with his child. They could not overcome. We can. If you ask the Spirit, He will change your desires. I'm talking about solutions to walk in health, walk in healing, walk in God's strength. How to guard these things. Because these things affect our body. And our body is the temple. And our body is what God uses to serve Him. Without a body, nobody can... If you don't have a body, the devil is not interested in you. If you don't have a body, God also is not interested in you. You need a body. What did Jesus say? A body you have prepared for me. You don't want sacrifice and offerings. A body you have prepared for me. In the volume of the book, it is written about me. I have come to do your will. How did you do the will of God? In the body. And the devil will attack your body with sickness if you are not careful about these things. And if you have, and you ask the Lord, you say, glory will come. Glory will come. Walk in forgiveness. Active forgiveness. Unforgiveness is a killer. Unlike anxiety, worry, fear, another one to be added bigger is unforgiveness. That's why Jesus added that and repeated that in the Lord's Prayer. Father, forgive me. Ask the Holy Spirit. You may think you are forgiven everybody. Ask the Holy Spirit. You will be very surprised with the pamphlet that comes out. Lord, thank you, Lord. I'm such a forgiving man. Spirit says, wait a second. Wait a second. You? Forgiving man? Lord, Lord, please don't open the scroll. Roll it up. <laughs> line by line only, Lord. I can handle only one line. In one line, five names are you, Lord. I thought I was forgiving. Line up one line, precept upon precept. We think we are all this because, you know, our false confidence because we do not ask, therefore we do not hear. If you ask, you will receive the list. We have this this false confidence, which is called Dutch courage. Oh, we are very confident. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Spirit is really? <laughs> which was that Old Testament prophet says, the day of the Lord, day of the Lord. Why are you saying day of the Lord? It is not joy for you. Some people who have got a head full of hair will have be bald when they reach heaven because when they go through the fire, that will go. (laughs) 
Bible says in Corinthians 3, they will barely make it through the fire, meaning everything that can be burned was taken out. <laughs> so we are looking at solutions. You want a solution? God has a solution, but it is through the Spirit. The more you read the word, all you receive is condemnation if you don't have the Spirit who gives you the power to overcome. Stay undercover, James 5.14. Fourteen and fifteen. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. That's why you have. Why? Because God says, you know, you need to come under. You need to come under. You need to submit to one another. I have made it my order. That's the problem. If you don't have a church, who will you call? Oh, I am. I am. I only watch preachers I like and I'm a believer myself. God says, when you fall sick, you will realize you're also by yourself. You have nobody to call. Because God does not allow that autonomy. Call an elder of the church. Confess to one another. What does it mean? You're coming under authority as the Lord leads. And the prayer of faith That's the importance of a believing church. Because a prayer of faith can only come from an elder who believes in a believing church. (laughs) Otherwise it's just a prayer. Are you getting the picture? Why God is putting these things in so that you stay under. God can supernaturally heal. You didn't. He won't. In many cases he will say you call. So that I will learn you to come under authority. If two of you agree on Anything. Why did he say two and not say one of you proclaim? I don't want you to live like that. Even heaven, it says in heaven, there are three that agree. Two of you agree. He put it clearly like that. And the first two is the husband and the wife. If they don't agree, nothing will happen. And most problems are in the house. Husband and the wife don't agree. And therefore, they are searching for everywhere and nothing still happens. Why? God says, I told you if I agree in the home. But we are Pentecostals. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God says, agree. That I keep telling you, whatever your issues, it does not matter. You know what? Pray together every day. You will realize the issues really don't matter. If you don't pray together every day, even the smallest issue becomes a mountain. You have to pray together as many times as possible. If two of you agree on anything, not one. Why? Because isolation is the devil's trap. The wolf will isolate the sheep before he can get. And I'm telling you in the church, I've seen it in those years. 14 years here, 25, 30 years in ministry. The ones who leave will be first very zealous sitting here. Then they go to the middle. Then they go. Then they are near the door. One day they are gone. You will see from their movements they are ready to leave. Because the devil first isolates you in the mind. With anger, no reconciliation, anger, bitterness, misunderstanding something. And it shows in your body. Because you cannot have angry and bitter against the pastor, against the church, and then sit in the front and listen. It's not possible. Because your body will follow your mind. 
And he isolates you. Isolates you. And then he grabs you. That is why the Bible talks about walking in peace, walking in reconciliation, constantly coming together in the church as often as you can. The coming together physical presence of a church is important to God to keep us safe. It's important to God to keep us safe. Elijah's depression and suicidal spirit. Mr. Prophet Elijah. Suicidal. What is God's solution? Go down. I know in Elisha, go two by two now. Solution. No more depressed. No more suicidal. He's fine. Instead of walking alone, now he walks with Elisha. Jesus did not send his disciples one by one. He sent them two by two. Two by two. Two by two. Two by two. These are answers. Answers. Husband and wife come to church together. Whole family come to church together. That is answers. Because what the devil will, he will put a wedge in wherever he can. Because he knows the power of unity. That's why even in your homes, I keep telling you, find one of your friends, pray together. If you can pray as a group, otherwise find one person. Pray together. There is power in it. Husband and wife pray together. Families pray together. The devil hates it. But there is power there. And you know what? Sickness will flee. In the name of Jesus. If two of you agree on anything. Two of you agree on anything. And that's what? My life changed. My ministry changed when my wife came into. Trace me through. Absolutely different. I told you last time. When I was flying two years back, when the COVID was just beginning, it had already started. China was hiding it. But it was spreading. And I was flying from here at midnight. All flights to Malaysia is in the midnight. And uh, I was going flying first to Kuala Lumpur. I don't know what hit me in the flight. I just went blank. I went blank. I, I had no clue. I just blanked out in the flight at 30,000 feet high. I was out. And it had only happened once before that 20 years earlier. And 20 years earlier when that happened, I literally died three times in the train and had gone to this heaven in the spirit and come back. This time the same thing, I was gone. But do you know, it was around 2 a.m. in the morning and I was 30,000 feet above sky level. The Lord woke her up and said, pray for your husband. Exactly the setting. And she had no clue what was happening to me. And she prayed through me and I landed. And I came to my senses. Came to my, I came, came back. Came back. Okay. And that's what God is talking about. Do you have somebody to cover you? Do you walk together? Otherwise, two is better than one. If one falls sick, who will lift you up? I'm using the word sick. Who will lift you up? Who will lift you up? No, I will be alone. God says no. Elisha died sick alone. He didn't have somebody to mentor who was faithful. Gehazi went out of his presence leprous. He walked with him, but didn't walk together with him. There is power in God's word. And there is power in what the Holy Spirit says. Even Jesus in his hardest hour, the most desperate hour in the Garden of Gethsemane, says, please stay up and pray with me. And they didn't. He fell asleep. So he went ahead and he prayed on his own. He was sweating blood. 
Do you understand what God is talking about? This is not a lone wolf runner. No, we are together in this and there are things which God has said in his word which protects our body, our soul, our spirit. And God says, do it. Listen to my spirit. Do these things. Ask my spirit. He's the best, not physician, radiologist you will ever find who will pinpoint you. In one scan, he will tell you what your problem is. He won't even send you for a second opinion. First opinion, absolutely right, 100% all the time. Go to him and he will tell you where your problem lies. Solution, again, if you are ill, look at all these things and look at the solutions. Matthew 9 and 12, Colossians 4.14. Jesus heard that and he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. What does he say? If you are not well, it is not wrong to go to a physician. No But he can invent a medicine to heal if God hadn't intended it that way. It's not possible. I mean, we have to go that because we did not do what God asked us to do. One of the first things you need to ask God is, Lord, change my lifestyle. Change my lifestyle. Change my eating habits. Much of the medicines we require today is because in the last 30, 40 years or Our eating changed. Stop processed foods. Processed foods are dangerous. Everything that is good in food is taken out and that is what process means. Not the way we think. That's what it means. I don't know. You children are so young. Do you remember the time? I remember the time. Even the butter was made at home. Oil was made at home. Nothing was bought from outside. Everything was pure. And we never fell ill. Sometimes we didn't, we're not believers then. We prayed to fall in so that we could get the tablet and show off in the classroom before everybody lunch break. What happened, Ra? You got a tablet, Ra? That is also rare because the doctor won't give you a tablet. He will go, go to the nurse. He makes something powder, drink and go. And you don't want that because you have to show it to your classroom. You got a tablet. It is a big thing. And I remember my mother's town, the town where there my aunts and all of them. Every one of those deliveries was taken care of by the nurse. The doctor was never there, no C-section. We never heard about a C-section. Ask my mother, five children, ask her sister, two children, three children, ask her sister, child, and ask her sister, and ask her sister. Every one of no doctor, all nurses, no C-section. What happened to that world? Because we changed our lifestyle. Contrary to the word of God. God says, go back. Ask my Holy Spirit. He will tell you. Ask my wife. She had an issue. You know what I did? Um, the doctor said, she's got a sweet tooth. So have I. Cut down our sugar. So uh, when I make the breakfast, I cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down. Last week, I think it was last week, by mistake, without thinking, I put sugar. And she couldn't handle it. She said, why? I said, she said, I'm feeling dizzy. I said, what happened? She said, there was sugar in this thing. You know what? Her body is detoxicated. Get rid of sugar. It's a killer. It's a killer. I'm not saying spoil your fun and all. Once in a while, take it. It's okay. But I'm saying in general principle, take out fried foods, processed foods, sugar out. Because God didn't intend man to live like that. He gave them manna from heaven. In bundles as much as you want, but did not give them oil. 
If the first set of people who came out of Egypt were not Israelites and were Indians, they would have chosen to die in the desert because they said, well, we want to fry it. No oil. And if they were Telugus, they would have died saying oil and chili. Colossians 4.14 Look who? There. Our beloved physician. physician. If you are there the weekdays in the evening, try to get him to eat anything in the evening. The snack comes. Dr. Richard, it is good. Ask him the reason. Not time. Beloved physician, Dr. Luke. The physician? There's nothing wrong in going to your doctor. But make it as less as possible. Jeremiah 8.22 What is Jesus called? Is there no balm in Gilead? He himself is called balm of Gilead. Nothing wrong in medicine. But if you live a life according to what the Spirit says, today you have to ask the Spirit when you go to a supermarket, you need to learn to talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what to buy and what not to buy. Don't listen to your flesh. You will buy up everything. You know? And also help. Help me to change my taste buds, Lord. Help me. You know why? The reason... No, but Lord, I'll, God said, Holy Spirit will tell you. I know you like it. I know you want to eat it, but you forgot I told you your body is my temple, not yours. Your body is mine. I bought it with a price. I, I paid for your body with my son's life. It was not cheap. Just not cheap. You listen to him. Life will be completely different. Completely different. You will run long. Run well. And you will serve God. And will receive, as Peter says, a rich welcome entrance into the kingdom of God. Rich welcome you should get. And that's what the Bible says. He will sanctify your spirit, your soul, your body. Present it blameless. God is presenting one body from... Lord, here comes a body, sugarless. about it. You think they don't have humor in heaven. You haven't read the word in the word well. Okay. And the word Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Not Solomon to his children. My, Because he wouldn't know their names itself. I don't know how many he had. 900 porcupines and 300 wives. No, So he's not. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. My son he couldn't even name them by Hebrew alphabets. He probably numbered them. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God. It's medicine. It is medicine. Don't just do your devotions. Just don't do your devotions. This is the medicine of God. The word of God. You keep it. You hide it. You believe it. You walk in it. You obey it. You know what? Health flows into your body. I said like a vehicle, the only thing that should happen to a body is natural wear and tear. Natural. That's We are all growing old. That's okay. 
Outwardly, we are all perishing. That's fine. Inwardly is the issue. Inwardly. Inwardly. And quickly. Matthew 17 and verse 20. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Speak to your body. If you have a sickness. Even if you don't have a sickness. You know what? The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God did not make a mistake the way he made you. Love yours. Love your neighbor as you love. Love yourself. I wish I was taller. I wish I was fatter. I No. Just be satisfied the way. I mean, if you have ill health, become healthy. Do whatever you can do to improve your body. I'm not talking about... A lot of people despise themselves in the mirror. And don't be in love with yourself in mirror also. I'm not talking about a very balanced thing. Speak to your body. There are mountains people have been carrying sicknesses for years and years and years and years. If you believe, you know what? One day the mountain will go. It is not by your might. It is not by your power. It is by my spirit. This mountain shall be moved. Stand before the mirror. I know some of my diseases just went away. Like two years I spoke over it and one day it just went. It just went. It never came back. Never came back. Just went like that. Things which I was suffering for years together and I had to take medication which was not available in India because that one wouldn't work and my sister every time got that medicine which was from Belgium in packets so that I could take it every morning. But I kept taking it, physician, barmogulate and kept speaking, you will go in Jesus name. When I woke up, it was gone. While they said it will never go, you need surgery. It went without anything. But you have to keep on persisting because how do you know how the mountain is moving? And then finally, Matthew 14, 14. And I want the children coming up from the Delta Sunday School and everybody come up because we want to pray at the end. I want everybody here. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew 14, 14 and second Corinthians. And when Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, he was so moved with compassion for them that he healed their sick. You know what? can bank on God's compassion. Lord, I failed here. I ate too much. I only like oil. Now I am so ill like it. Lord, but I hear you are compassionate. You are compassionate. You see, when God looks from wherever he is at us, he always looks at us with compassion. Looked at them with compassion and healed us. Compassion. can bank on God's compassion. Lord, I hear this. This is how faith comes. Lord, you are compassionate. You have never changed. Lord, have mercy on me. And then, Second Corinthians 10, if God tells you, you're not going to be healed, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I depart from me and... He said to me, my grace is sufficient for me. If the Lord does not allow healing, the Lord does not allow healing in your body. I'm looking in terms of healing primarily. You can apply it to other areas of your life. I bet you, by the word of God, he will give you the grace to thrive under it. You will not go down under it. You will overcome in spite of it. That's grace. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's grace. That's what I said. God is not a gambler. 
But if God was a gambler about us, this is how he tosses. Heads I win, tails you lose, devil. Whichever way you flick, my children win. There's nothing you can do to me. The only condition, listen to his spirit. All those who have ears over and over to every church in the book of Revelation, let them hear what the spirit of God says. Because faith comes from hearing. And if you need to go back in life and put things right, go and put it right. Can I have the children are all here? They're coming? Oh, they haven't come yet. Okay. Come, let's stand up. We will pray first. And then, uh, today is Independence Day. And we will sing our national anthem. Yeah. We will sing our national anthem. Before we sing our national anthem, I will tell you what our national anthem is. Probably the best national anthem in the entire world. Written by an incredibly godly man. Probably he did not know what he was writing. Okay. So we will pray. You need to believe everything comes by faith. All things. Yeah, we, we will, yeah, we will come back, uh, after prayer. We'll generally pray and then we will read and then we will, we will sing. Then we'll close with benediction. Okay. Father, this morning we just come to you. It's so simple, Lord. It is so simple. There's nothing complicated about you. Because even the simplest can understand you, Lord. But the wise, you confound them. We don't want to come before you as smart people. We want to come before you as very simple children. And we just want to tell you, Father, we love you. And I pray, Father, the Spirit of God, have mercy. We uh, we ask for forgiveness, Spirit of God. We have grieved you. We have resisted you. We have lied to you many times. We have tested you. We may have even quenched you, but we did not fall dead like Ananias and Sapphira in the church or at home on the roadside because you had compassion on us, Lord. Today we pray, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on us, Lord. Father, we come to you through Jesus. We ask for mercy. And I pray, Father, for anyone and everyone in the body of Christ, Spirit of God, you would speak to them and you show them where the open doors is but I pray now, Lord, for healing, Lord. You show them. You tell them what to do because you are with every one of us. You are there with everyone here and you are the only one who really knows what our problem is, Father. And I pray, Lord, you would touch, you would heal. It doesn't matter how old it is, one day old, 12 years old, 18 years old, 38 years old. It does not matter. We command that spirit of infirmity to leave in Jesus' name. And I speak healing in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I command in the name of Jesus, be made whole in Jesus. Because, oh Father, your word says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Every curse that has come has passed away because it has no hold in us. We are a new creation. We are birthed by God himself. Our father is God and the old bloodline has gone away, oh father. Therefore, father, I speak healing. I speak wholeness, oh Lord. Touch, father, touch. Heal bodies, heal souls, restore spirits, O oh Lord, that the Holy Spirit be really becomes Lord in our lives and we truly thrive on earth as the temple of the living God. And what goes from us is life and life itself, Lord. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. It's not the final prayer. I wanted to look at what our anthem means. Then what we will do is we'll sing and we will close. Thou art the ruler of the minds of all people. Thou dispenser of India's destiny. Thy name rouses the hearts of Punjab, Sindh, Gujarat and Maratha. Of Dravida, Orissa and Bengal. It echoes in the hills of Indias and Himalayas, mingles in the music of Jamuna and Ganges, and is chanted by the waves of the Indian Sea. They pray for thy blessings and sing thy praise. The saving of all people awaits in thy hand. Thou dispenser of India's destiny, victory, victory, victory to thee. We sang, the children sang, saved, saved, saved. You know what our anthem says? Victory, victory, victory to thee. This is no other God than our God. This is our anthem. The best anthem in the world. Written by a gold, by, by a godly man. In his own way, it's a godly man. And the English translation translated by himself in 1919 at Madhanapalli in Andhra Pradesh in Chitur. Sitting in that house, he translated himself this English one. In Andhra Pradesh in Madhanapalli, he wrote it, the English translation. That is our anthem. And we can be proud of our anthem. And as believers, we can sing it louder than anybody else. Louder than anybody else. So today we will sing. Because why? We have the power. God heals individuals. God heals families. God heals churches. And God said in Chronicles 7.14. If my people are called by name. We do what God says. He will heal our land. Heal our land. We have power to pray. The spirit of God will move over our land. So next time you sing. Janaganamana. Sing it differently. We'll have the audio over there. And we will sing together. Okay. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide on us. And I pray, Father, the Spirit of God would move over this nation for the saving of this land and for the healing of this land. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. God bless you.